Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. I had a high school teacher, and it's been long enough. This is one, I think, where I can actually use the name, and that'll, <laughs> that'll make it mean a little more to me anyway. Uh, but his name was Dr. Carey, and he taught uh, physics at the high school I was at, and he was an interesting character, to end all interesting characters. Uh, at first, we thought he was making up stories, and we realized it was true. Uh, when he was just out of college, he actually was part of the team that was looking for the next bomb past the H-bomb. Uh, and they were doing experiments with particles and all that sort of thing, and he would tell stories about it. And eventually they discovered that there, there wasn't another one, at least not on the same path. And the research ended, and the very next day, physicists were out driving taxis because they had no other way to pay the bills. You know, he'd tell stories like that. He had started a successful software company, and then the time came when he realized that the software company just was like, you know, it was great, but I don't know, was he bored? Was he done with it? He decided to teach high school physics because he wanted to give back and because he wanted to provide something of what, uh, what life had given him to someone else. And it was special to me, I know, when I was in high school and to many others. Well, this was, oh, I think it was about 10 years ago or so. He found me on Facebook in fact, he found a lot of his old high school students on Facebook, and we reconnected and ended up having a phone call that went on for like an hour, hour and a half, talking about, uh, talking about many things, and it was fantastic. But part of what he said was that he had, he was living with his son in his uh, elderly years, and he had sold everything that he owns or given it away or gotten rid of it, all but his Kindle, he said, <laughs> uh, which was a pretty new device at the time. Uh, and you could tell that there was a lightness about him. Now, I bring up this story because I think it sets the right tone for our scripture today, uh, which is a good one. You know, uh, right now we're reading through the Gospel of Matthew uh, through Easter, and uh, well, there aren't, enough, there aren't enough sermons to take every single thing that Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, though it'd be good if you wanted to read it on your own. We're doing roughly one story per chapter, and that gets us to Easter. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, there are some weeks where the scripture and what Jesus says needs a pastor, like somebody who's been to seminary to help explain the history and to help, uh, the, uh, help explain the context and uh, the, the world that Jesus lived in 2,000 years ago. You know, you need that stuff to understand some of the passages. But there are other weeks where what Jesus says just speaks for itself, plain and simple, nothing else needed. And when I sat down to write this sermon, I thought to myself, it's... It's all there. <laughs> There's nothing else to add. And I think my job this morning is just to hold it before us for a while. For, just to hold it before us for a while. You know, maybe it's like uh, when you're on social media and you just keep scrolling and maybe you see something that's worth reading, but you just keep scrolling. <laughs> my job is to stop the scroll for a minute and to help us sit with these words of Jesus for a little while. So I'm gonna read this scripture like five times during this sermon. You've heard it once a minute ago from Larry, but, but hear it again. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust eat them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven where moth and rust don't eat them, where thieves don't break in and steal them. 
where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so let's, let's sit with it for a minute. So treasures on earth, what does that refer to? Well, obviously it refers to, you know, things and comfort, the things that give us uh, security and that help us to live. You know, now we've got to have a little, right? We, uh, we've got to have a little like food and shelter and that sort of thing. But we all know what it feels like when we have more than we need to, right? So it's like if you have uh, a piece of chocolate, it's really good when you have that piece of chocolate. One time I met somebody who didn't like chocolate and I do not understand that person. So if you happen to be one of them, then you know, translate this to yourself. But one chocolate tastes so good, right? And there's a part of you that wants to eat the whole box of chocolates. One part of you that wants to take the entire bag of Dove chocolates and open up all of them, right? There's, a, there's that little instinct inside. But what would happen if you actually did it? You know, the second one would probably still taste pretty good. You know, the third, fourth, by the time you got to the eighth, the ninth, the tenth chocolate, would it still be as good as the first one? I don't think it would. I mean, maybe it would still be good in a way, but it's almost like you get numb to that, that flavor after a while. It's almost, like, uh, it's almost like it's just another one, right? None of them are quite as good as that very first one. And things don't last forever either. You know, I remember uh, uh, this goes back to a, this goes back to a, a conversation I had with my parents uh, not long ago. Uh, they had found in the garage some uh, robots from the 1980s when I was a kid uh, that I had collected, uh, and uh, I remember really loving those. And there was one that I really, really wanted, and it was called Omnibot. Check out this 1980s design. Yeah, I don't know what's better, the Omnibot itself or the, the little things on top of it there, you know, the design. But the middle part is actually a cassette deck and you could open it up and put in a tape and it had to be like a good quality tape, the cheap ones wouldn't work, and it would record the beeps record beeps on the tape that you could record like turn left, turn right, go forward. And you could put like a can of pop in that, that right arm and, and you could take it to someone. I know. <laughs> Kids that are with us, pretty awesome, right? <laughs> I really wanted it and I got it and it was wonderful. And my parents felt so bad because they found, they found like the smaller ones that I had before it uh, and it was neat to see them again, but they couldn't find the Omnibot and it was killing them. You know, they look at all through their garage. But you know what the funny thing is? It's okay. I mean, if only because the huge rechargeable battery in that thing probably wouldn't work now anyway. <laughs> but beyond that, as I started to think about it, it was a great childhood memory, yeah. But it's the memory that matters. And it's the conversation with my parents about it that matter. If I actually had the plastic still, that, that's not the part that matters. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust eat them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect for yourselves, or collect treasures for yourselves in heaven where moth and rust don't eat them and where thieves don't break in and steal them. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Okay, so we talk about treasures on earth. Let's talk about treasures in heaven. You know, so often they come in relationships. You know, it's the things that we do for people, the conversations we have, uh, what we mean to one another. Uh, it's the way we receive what, it's the way we receive what others mean to us. You know, it's that conversation about the childhood memory of the robot, right? Not the robot itself, not the physical object of it. Parents, grandparents, mentors and teachers, teachers who care deeply about their students especially, these are the people that tend to be experts in storing treasures in heaven. Not that you ever think about it that way, right? Treasures in heaven are kind of by definition things that we do because of course that's what we do, right? Yet, we, but even though we don't often name them as treasures in heaven, that doesn't make it any less valuable. It's that in relationships, but it's also the things we do to bring God's kingdom into the world, to make the world better reflect God's, with the way God made it to be. The things we do to show mercy to the sick and the poor, you know, volunteering at the gathering place or with the backpacks, for instance, like we heard a few minutes ago. You know, it's the actions we take to make the systems of this world better reflect the way things ought to be. You know, we have the new, uh, the new organization in town, Justice in Action, that's trying to help with uh, mental health care in, in uh, Lincoln and with criminal justice reform. You know, these are, th these are storing up treasures in heaven by making the world more like it ought to be. It's the way we help people to grow to know the God who loves them. And I think I'd add art and creativity to the list of treasures in heaven too. You know, poetry, paintings, music, crafts, woodworking, design, doesn't even have to be good. <laughs> you know, just that act of creativity adds something to the world that I think is a treasure that's beyond just what we have on earth that, that moth and rust destroy. Anytime we add beauty to the world, it's a treasure that endures. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat, where thieves break in and steal. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven, where moth and rust don't eat them, where thieves don't break in and steal them. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, there's a word in Japan that I read about years ago and thought of uh, uh, this week. Haikyo. And technically, the word means old abandoned buildings, but the word has come to mean the adventure of exploring old abandoned buildings. <laughs> it's come to mean that adventure. And there are people on the internet who do this and blog about it and take all sorts of great photography while they're there. And we're not talking like ancient ruins, like Greece or Rome. You know, we're not talking that kind of ruins. Uh, a lot of these are, uh, in Japan anyway, are World War II era uh, um, uh, ruins. You know, they were abandoned buildings on uh, islands of Japan, like the smaller islands that were abandoned after the war and, the, and nature has just been reclaiming those old buildings. And it's uh, usually illegal. <laughs> those who do it are taking pretty big safety risks because of chemicals and for that matter just, just falling and getting injured or something uh, collapsing on top of them. But not surprisingly, the internet is full of these pictures anyway. 
And when you look at them, they lead to all sorts of thoughts and feelings. And I had these dreams of showing you some of the best, but most of them are copyrighted and I want to honor that. And I can't show you the best, but I did find a few that I can. Here's an example of what some of these ruins look like. You know, these uh, old uh, uh, brutalist buildings from around uh, World War II on Japanese islands. Uh, the next one, you can see uh, one of the explorers uh, that are uh, uh, looking at what appears to be uh, apartment buildings, bricks on the ground, the buildings themselves falling apart and the grass growing in, in what's probably a paved area. You know, nature beginning to reclaim it. Uh, but every now and then in these pictures, you see something that tells a story. Like, let's look at the third one. You know, this is inside one of these old buildings. Yeah, can we go to the third picture? Uh, you'll see uh, uh, old beds. In fact, they look like children's beds. You see papers on the floor. And if you zoom in, you can begin to make out what some of those papers are. And you realize that there were lives lived here. Uh, and every now and then you see something that's personal, like those blankets or those pillows. Or do you see it in the window, kind of just right of center? It's a little hard to tell exactly, but to my eyes it looks like a stuffed animal, like a stuffy. <laughs> you see these pictures and you start to realize that these buildings mean nothing. That even our great concrete structures one day fall away. But the story of that bunny or whatever it may happen to be, that lasts. That doesn't seem as tarnished as the rest. That's one thing that even if the bunny itself were reclaimed by nature, would stand. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat them, where thieves break in and steal. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven where moth and rust don't eat them, where thieves don't break in and steal them. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, it's natural to have some care for treasures on earth. We should, right? We have to make sure we're fed and clothed and housed. But somehow we have to grow beyond that too to see bigger things, to see what's really important. But how do we do it? How do we move beyond the temporary? Well, my answer to that is one of my favorite stories of John Wesley, United Methodism's founder. He had a friend named Peter Bowler and they would write letters to each other often. And at one point, uh, John Wesley had just become a, a pastor for the first time. Uh, and he had no idea what he was doing and realized just how over his head he was. And part of what he realized uh, when he started to write sermons every week was that he started to see the cracks in his own faith. He started to think, well, who am I to tell others what's right? Who am I to preach faith to others when I don't have faith my own self? And his friend Peter wrote back a phrase that has stuck with him and stuck with me and many too. He writes back, preach faith until you have it. <laughs> preach faith until you have it. So here's John Wesley asking, how can I preach if I don't have faith? And Peter says, Peter Bowler says, preach faith until you have it. Such wisdom. None of us start out at the, the destination. 
Sometimes we have to see that goal, you know, you know that faith in, in, in Wesley's case. We see the goal and we just have to walk toward it even if we aren't there yet. We just have to almost pretend, uh, fake it until we make it. We have to pretend that we're already there even if it is. And somehow when we do that, it takes root in us. So, if you want to learn to value treasures of heaven over treasures of earth, if you want treasures of earth to loosen their grip on you, then the best thing you can do is to just start doing it. It's to just start doing it, to do exactly what Jesus says, to start storing up treasures in heaven, even if you don't quite understand yet. Sow seeds of kindness in other people. Help the poor. Take action for justice. Create things of beauty or appreciate what others have made. Give from your excess of comfort to others. Maybe instead of preach faith till you have it, another way to say it would be store treasures in heaven until your heart ends up there too. Let me give you an example. Now, this is kind of a heavy example. Are you ready for this? What would happen if you put giving in your will, even if you don't feel it? Now, I do hope all of you have put together a last will and testament. I think it's important for everyone uh, to have that in order. Uh, uh, my wife and I did uh, right when our first, uh, our first child was born. We put ours together. But what would happen if you put giving in your will to give part of your estate somewhere? Knowing it's there, wouldn't that change how you lived in the meantime? Knowing that you intended to give, knowing that you had it on paper, that you had it on a, in a contract, a last will and, and testament, how would it change how you live in the meantime if you knew that that giving was there? Wouldn't you be more active in the cause that you were going to donate to? Wouldn't it make you think a lot more about how you interacted with it in the meantime? Wouldn't you appreciate it? Wouldn't you appreciate it a lot more while you were still alive? Wouldn't you look differently at the work they do, knowing that you would be a part of it even afterwards? <laughs> you know, this is something that I've been thinking about. In fact, Amy and I, it kind of makes me think that Amy and I haven't updated our will since our first son was born. <laughs> and maybe it's about time. Because what I just described, that's the kind of heart I want to have. And maybe storing that treasure in heaven comes first and the heart follows. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat them, where thieves break in and steal. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, I started out talking about my old teacher, Dr. Carey. I probably should have seen this coming, but I didn't. A few months after our phone conversation, I learned that he had died. And now I realize that one of the reasons, one of the, one of the reasons he was reaching out was probably that he had received a diagnosis and knew it was coming. Uh, and I couldn't help myself, but I went to his funeral. In fact, I think I was the only of his high school students who went that extra step of going to the funeral. Here's this man who had uh, paused a very successful career because he wanted to give back to high school students. Here's this man who cared enough to look them up even later in life. And at his funeral, I could see how he did it with his family too. 
It was like he'd arrived at a goal he'd pursued his whole life where he didn't need his belongings. He could get rid of everything but his Kindle, uh, his Kindle and his family and the people that meant so much to him. And rarely have I spoken with anyone more content. Would you pray with me? Oh God, thank you for the people who have stored treasures in heaven in us. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to store treasures in heaven in one another. Oh God, please help us to have right concern for the things we really do need in this life. But beyond that, please help us to loosen the grips of the treasures of earth and help us instead to focus on the things that last, the things that are eternal, the things that are in you. And in so doing, may our hearts be there too. We pray it in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.